verse 1. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say, The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. I hope you got the they's and them straight in that line. <laughs> Verse 7 continues. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word. That Tom Hanks is an amazing actor. So many great movies, so many different types of characters. I don't know any of his films which do not portray significant themes of life with terrific symbols with which we can all identify. My favorite Castaway. <laughs> it's not castaway, it's cast away. It's two words. It has been the favorite of many English teachers ever since then. It was uh, filmed, produced, uh, issued in the year 2000. A few of you are too young to, well, you've seen it probably a bunch of times since then. But English teachers everywhere uh, have used that film in their English classes to help students write essays about symbols. Some of you, uh, of you are young enough to have been assigned to write a paper about the symbols in Cassaway. The FedEx box, uh, uh, in, case, in case there's someone here from Uzbekistan this morning, uh, who has not seen the film. Uh, Hank, uh, Tom Hanks played the character named Chuck Nolan, and he worked for FedEx. And he was on a plane to accompany a whole plane load of FedEx packages going toward Asia. And the plane crashed into the Pacific. Hanks was washed up, or Chuck Nolan was washed up on a little island and uh, he looked through the debris of the wreckage 
to find some of the stuff that was on the plane, and he opened stuff up to see if he could use anything, if there was anything to eat, and if there was perhaps a satellite phone he could call for help. <laughs> no such luck. And Hanks uh, spent months, I'm not sure what amount of time, transpired as he was there on that island. The FedEx box with the angel wings on it was the only box that the Hanks character did not open. Both the angel on the box and the unopened box gave him hope that he would survive in order to deliver it. What a loyal FedEx employee he was. <laughs> Those angel wings also served to save his life because they gave him the idea for escaping the island by using the two sections hinged together of a destroyed porta potty that had floated and washed up on this island. And he looks at them and he sets them up and he looks at the picture on the box of these wings and he says, a sail. And he knew he could build a raft, but he had no way of getting over the reef and out into any possible shipping lanes miles away. Hanks did get to deliver that unopened box. Interestingly, the place that he delivered was not its destination, but it was his, the place of origination of an artist. And she happened to be set in a ranch-type place in nowhere, Texas. But the closest place was Canadian, Texas. It takes a great writer to create those symbols that hold deep meanings and lead to remarkable lessons. Bill Broyles was the writer of Cast Away. And he spent 10 days on an island off Mexico without food or water in order to experience what he wanted to write. And by some crazy circumstance, a volleyball actually washed up on that island and gave him the idea for putting that into the story. Broyles was born in Baton Rouge, grew up in Baytown, got his undergraduate degree in fine arts at the University of Rice, went on to become uh, a veteran of the Vietnam War, decorated, uh, a, 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 a tremendous veteran of that service, and then went on to become an, an editor of the Texas Monthly. Uh, it took an even more gifted author than Bill Broyles uh, to provide the hundreds of major and minor symbols in the scriptures that make up the Word of God. So when I use the word author for that, I'm using a capital A. 
We have read some of those symbols in our Lenten series the past five weeks and have been reminded that the story of God's relationship with Israel represents God's story with all of us and with each of us in particular. With each of his parables, Jesus illustrated the way God teaches us. Seek and you shall find. God teaches us with puzzles, with pictures, with symbols, with depth. God calls for us to seek rather than it be so easy that we don't have to make any effort. Parables are imaginary stories. Some short, like the woman who lost a coin in Luke 15, and some are long, like the prodigal of the parable, uh, the parable of the prodigal son, also in Luke 15. The short story of Jesus riding a donkey into Jerusalem is a living parable. Some parables are about real people doing real things. And so this story of Jesus riding into Jerusalem is a living parable that is teaching us something bigger than what it appears. I know this isn't your first Palm Sunday, but the more we look, the more we see. This is always an appeal for you to keep digging in to your Bible. This is Holy Week. This is monumental. Have you taken the time to open your Bible? Some of these stories. Let's look at those first few lines of Mark 11 again. They're here on the screen. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples said to them, go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. When did this take place? When did that story take place? about 30 years into the first century. We would say 30 A.D. It took place at the end of Jesus' ministry. He had been in Jerusalem a number of times already. So why are we saying this is his entry into Jerusalem? And what does... What is the significance of Jerusalem? Why was it important for him to ride into Jerusalem? What does Jerusalem symbolize? What did it symbolize for the people of Israel, the Jews of the first century? It was the place of God being with them. For in the city sat the temple, In the temple was the place that God rested with them. The 
the temple and thus the city resent, uh, represented the children of God and not just the children of Israel. Jerusalem represented the world that God loved and came to rescue. Jerusalem is tremendously significant. And what about the Mount of Olives? Why mention that? Few of us perhaps have been to Jerusalem to visit, but the Mount of Olives actually rises 300 feet above the rest of the city of Jerusalem. On the ridge that rides east of the city, the Mount of Olives rides up there. At its peak, at that time, was a little village called Bethphage. And though the road into Jerusalem in modern times may have changed, in the time of Jesus, the road was up, all the way up the Mount of Olives and then down into Jerusalem. Why is that geography important? It's important for several reasons. Number one, if you read the prophet Ezekiel, you will read where Ezekiel is speaking to the, to the Jews who were carried away in exile all the way to Babylon. And he is saying to them that he saw the image of God leaving the temple and resting on Mount Olivet and then being able to go and be with them in Babylon. Olivet is also has significance for Jesus, the great king of the kingdom of God, who is riding back into his people because he is called the son of David. The son of David who would be an eternal king. And there was that time when one of David's sons rebelled against him. And David and those in the royal household had to flee Jerusalem. And they fled by foot up the Mount of Olives to escape being slaughtered by his own family. The great king of Israel fled Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives. Now that figure is being turned around and the son of David, the king who will reign forever, is entering from whence, he, whence his great ancestor fled. There's so much more than you or I have seen in stories we sort of know and sing about and celebrate every year. Why did Jesus send two disciples? Why was it necessary for Mark or the other writers of the account, their accounts of the gospel to, to say that he sent two disciples? God always is illustrating things for us. And when God sends his servants to serve him, he sends them together 
Jesus had earlier sent out his disciples two by two to all of the towns in Judea and Galilee to announce that he was coming to them. Now he sends two of them again to do something important for him. It's a lesson we can apply to ourselves. That when we serve him, we're to serve him together. God has spoken many times. Two can do ten times more than one. Why did Jesus want to ride into Jerusalem? He had walked into that city many other times. Why ride this time? What did the riding represent? It represented that he was a king. And kings always rode into the cities that they visited or the cities that they conquered. And you may say, why did he ask for a colt that had never been ridden? That too symbolizes that he was a king. No one ever rides the king's horse. No one ever sits in the king's throne. No one ever touches the king's scepter. How do we know it was a colt of a donkey? And why is the donkey the mount that he sent them to bring? Surely he could have sent for secretariat or one of the Budweiser horses that would really make a great impression of power and beauty and majesty. I mean, now that's a king riding into a city. What did the donkey represent? Zechariah said it for us. What's the word? Humble. Look again at these words from uh, Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he. Humble and riding on a donkey. Talk about two things that don't fit. Donkeys do not resent, represent triumphant and victorious. Jesus knew what he was doing. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The disciples and others who joined them shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Uh, the disciples and others shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna. But those words were not translated when they were written in Greek with the same sound. Hosanna, Hosanna with Greek letters. And we write them with English letters not Hebrew letters, but they are a Hebrew word that, that is not translated in the Greek when it was originally written, when the Gospels were written, and it, was not trans, it is not translated in our English Bibles. So many of us think that Hosanna, Hosanna means praise God, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, means nothing of the sort. Hosanna is a 
form of the verb to save. And literally it is save us, save us. It is from Psalm 118, verse 25. But what did the disciples in the crowd want to be saved from? They wanted to be free from Roman rule and the occupation and oppression of the Roman military power and the taxation that came with it. They wanted to be free from submission to any Gentile in any point in their history. They were passionate about this. And they missed the meaning of the donkey and all that Jesus said about giving his life as a ransom for many. Even though they witnessed so many miracles, the first disciples of Jesus still filtered what he said and did through the dominant beliefs of Second Temple Judaism. The Messiah would be a military conqueror. He would do by force what needed to be done to restore Israel to its glory under David and Solomon. He would conquer the world, and it would be by power. John the Baptist even thought that too. And he wondered why Jesus wasn't doing that while he was in prison. The Apostle John was a participant in this entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. And he is the writer of the fourth account of the gospel, the last one of the four written. In his account, he writes this, His disciples did not understand these things at first. What an honest admission. But when Jesus was glorified, after his resurrection, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. Palm Sunday celebrates the incarnation of the king entering into human history. Literally, the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem was a reenactment of his birth in Bethlehem. God eternal, the second person of the Trinity, taking human form and becoming one of us as a baby, entering into humanity's existence, flesh and blood. That's what Jerusalem meant. That's what this ride into Jerusalem meant. And it was a king, but he came as humbly on the donkey as he came in the manger in Bethlehem. Easter celebrates the resurrection. But there's something just as important between Palm Sunday, the entry of Jesus into human history, and his resurrection. Those first disciples not only missed the meaning of the donkey, they also forgot about the lamb. What lamb? There's no lamb in this story. Yes, there was. The lamb was riding the donkey. I know that's a little bit of a ridiculous picture to give you, but I think you understand what I mean. 
At the baptism of Jesus, John the baptizer had announced to his disciples that Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That was not somebody who was going to destroy the world, even those who would nail him to the cross. He was a lamb who would die for them. The people of God, represented by the city of Jerusalem, needed to be set free from their sin. Infinitely more than they needed to be set free from the oppression they suffered under the Romans, or the Babylonians, or the Assyrians, or the Egyptians. So it is with us. The greatest thing that we or anyone can suffer from is separation from God, not from one another. There at the end of his life in the flesh among us, the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem was a reminder of his entrance into human history at Bethlehem. He began his life in a borrowed manger. He approached the sacrifice of his life for us on a borrowed donkey. He was hung on a borrowed cross used for many others, and he was laid, buried, in a borrowed tomb. And all of these things were created by him. The whole world belonged to him, and yet he borrowed. Just a handful of days after the high hopes of that palm-waving parade, the disciples were plunged into a despair of hearing Jesus say his body would be broken for them and his blood would be shed for them. The disciples saw the agony of his struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then they saw his arrest without resistance and the trials and the beatings from a distance they were aware and they saw the result of it. They saw the crown of thorns as he was mocked by those His disciples thought he would destroy. They watched the Roman governor Pilate try to release him as an innocent man before the crowds and religious leaders shouted for his crucifixion. They had missed the meaning of the donkey and the lamb, as have we and so many others still. They were even given one more often overlooked living parable that's tucked within that last trial of Jesus before he is hung on the cross. A murderer named Barabbas was waiting to be executed. He was to be executed along with two thieves. Pilate offered to release Jesus as a Passover gesture to the Jewish people. But the crowd called for Barabbas to be set free instead. And when Pilate asked what they wanted him to do with Jesus, they demanded that Jesus be crucified. The man who was innocent would die. The man who was guilty would be set free. The righteous for the unrighteous, as Paul would later write. And therein lies a remarkable living parable of the amazing thing that Jesus did on the cross for each one of us. When Jesus was resurrected and when he had appeared to the disciples multiple times, 
they began to realize how they had misunderstood so many things. With the filling of his spirit at Pentecost, the first disciples were empowered to see the full picture of what God had been promising all along. With the patience and grace Christ had for them, the first disciples graciously explained the good news of Jesus to the very ones who called for him to be crucified. There at the temple, Weeks after they called for Jesus to be crucified, they rushed to see the man who was born lame, who had been healed at the beautiful gate by Peter and John. And Peter spoke to them and said, you, you did that out of ignorance, but he loves you. Thousands of them began to understand their alienation from God and what Jesus had done for them. With eyes opened by a new birth in the Spirit of Christ, they began to understand how the law of God was meant to lead them to the grace of God. And we have followed them in following Him. We have lived east of Eden. We've been given the law at Sinai. And we too have been sent into exile in Babylon. But now we know the Savior. As it was the resurrection which opened the eyes of those eyewitnesses in Jerusalem, it is the resurrection which enables our eyes to be opened as well and our hearts to be surrendered to the Lord and Savior of all. Now as Kristen comes to sing an an offering moment for us to think about this story these important things that make all the difference in life, not only for us, but for anyone in the world. I have these questions for you. Are you ready for Easter and the resurrection? Were you there at the crucifixion? Yes, you were. And your name was Barabbas. Now we understand the purpose of the donkey. Now we understand the work of the lamb. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Hosanna, 
Let us pray. 